The Long Box Crusade presents... Action Film Face-Off. This episode is 1991 versus 2017. Two films enter. One film leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Welcome to Action Film Face-Off, the show where two random years are selected, and my brother will bring an action film from one of the random years, while I bring an action film from the other random year. Then those two films will do battle using a variety of criteria, and a champion will be crowned by the end of this episode. But let me introduce to you one of your hosts, my brother, U.S. Army combat veteran of Kosovo and Iraq, Jason Weasel Skull Albrecht. <laughs> Sorry, Jared, I just finished doing my 20 one-arm push-ups. Where are we at? Okay, yes, indeed. We are going to score each of today's films on a scale of 1 to 10 in five categories. Those categories are the story, overall spectacle, the best action scene, the hero, and the villain. Then we will have a deduction round where up to 10 points can be subtracted from the film's total for whatever we determine is the low point of the movie. Well, let's find out what this episode's first action film is going to be from my brother and co-host, a U.S. Air Force combat veteran of Iraq and a combat self-defense instructor, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. That'll sound nice when I match it up with the actual sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where's Delvin when we need him? Delvin, sound effect. Uh, thank you, Jason. Before our two films enter the Video Dome arena, we are thrilled to kick off this episode with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from my online store, which is www. The Yard Sale Artist. Big Cartel. Com. I see what I did there. I do. It's yes. like old school. It's old timey internet. <laughs> you should have just gone way back and go stop. You know, www. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you also get early access to special Longbox Crusade episodes and so much more. These are the fine folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Thank you for being friends. Dave Collins. Blast it or stash it. Gene Hendricks. Ivan the Collector. Ivor Evans. Joe Thomas, a.k.a. Joe November. Maxwell Traver. Mr. Lobotomy. Ross Michaud. Ronald Wint. Timmy. Bob Busta Busta. Steve Cronin. Samantha Maney. And the Toronto Cop. Now, if we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it straightened out. You might be asking yourself, how do I become a member of the Crusaders Club? Well, it's simple. Just head over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. And for as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. 
Come check it out. All right. Thank you, Jared. Now let's get back to the combat and learn a little bit about the film Gladiators about to battle for your pleasure. This episode, I was assigned the year of 1991. And I went out on a limb, Jason. I went out on a limb. Got a point. On a, on a point, <laughs> so to speak. I selected a movie that I have never seen before. I can't believe you've never seen this movie before. I, I was surprised. I can't, I can't believe it either. I, I mean, it's famous, and just about everybody else has seen it, but I had never seen this. So this is only the second time that's happened on Action Film Face-Off, because I'd never seen Three the Hard Way before we did that episode. Also true of me. I didn't see that until we did it for that episode either. So sometimes I like to spice it up. The randomizer gives me a year, and I see a film that's highly regarded in the action genre. And so nicely made it twice. <laughs> yes, indeed. If you haven't figured it out by now, which you should have, because it's probably says it in the description. I selected Point Break, starring Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves. And what year did the randomizer select for you? Well, I got 2017, so I didn't have to go back too terribly far. So I looked and I was like, oh, there's a lot of great choices there. But in the end, I selected Thor Ragnarok, starring Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston. Not bad at all. So we've got the guy that Tony Stark calls Point Break versus actual Point Break tonight. <laughs> right. And Point Break is referenced in Thor Ragnarok. So <laughs> it all comes it all together. It all comes together. Yeah. We try to bring it full circle for everybody. <laughs> well, this is a fine matchup, folks. Now, it's important to point out that this isn't Jared versus Jason, especially on this episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jared gets his ass whooped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we each had to select from our assigned year. So I might very well like his selection better than mine which is true or vice versa <laughs> not true <laughs> <laughs> This is all about discussing some beloved action films and coming to a consensus on which one is this episode's champion. So let me jump in with some quick info on 1991's Point Break. The ultimate rush. Nothing that comes close to it. Not even sex. We are the ex-president. Total commitment. It's a real thin line between life and death. I'm not a crook. Not tragic to die doing what you love. If you want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and please don't forget to vote. You want to nail the bank robbers and be a big hero? Definitely. The ex-presidents are surfers. You're trying to tell me the FBI is going to pay me to learn to surf. Fear causes hesitation. Hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. We'll take you to the edge. Past it. This is going to be a great day, Johnny. The taxpayers of Lincoln, Utah, they knew that they were paying a federal agent to surf and pick up girls. Babes. Big one. The correct term is babes, sir. Sir. 
right. Here's your cast and crew. It stars Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, Lori Petty, Gary Busey, and John C. McGinley. It was directed by Catherine Bigelow. I wrote a little synopsis. You want to hear it? Here it go. A hotshot rookie FBI agent teams up with a crazed veteran agent as they attempt to stop a gang of bank robbers known as the ex-presidents. The veteran, Agent Pappas, has a theory that the hoods might be surfers, so he helps his young partner, Utah, plug into the California surfing community to see if they can crack the case. So bank robberies, surfing, love on the beach, and some skydiving all get wrapped up into one of the most 90s films I've ever seen. And Patrick Swayze plays a memorable villain named Bodie. Here's your interesting trivia for this movie. Patrick Swayze was an avid skydiver. He did over 50 jumps while filming the movie, much to the chagrin of the insurance companies. Factoid number two. The film did not find its final title until halfway through filming. Its original title was Johnny Utah, which is not good, I don't think. (laughs) Reminds me of Johnny Bravo. (laughs) It does. (laughs) It really does. And then it became Riders on the Storm. That one's okay, but then they finally landed on Point Break, which I think is the best of the three. Oh, yes, absolutely. And third and final trivia fact, sporting events of great consequence. The beach football scene featured in Point Break is filmed in almost the exact same spot as the beach soccer scene from the beginning of Karate Kid. Oh, did not know that. Was that uh, Douche Waffle Beach or what? (laughs) (laughs) High tide at Douche Waffle Beach. Hey, Johnny, look who's here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Thank you, Jared. And now I will give you the rundown on 2017's Thor Ragnarok. So much has happened since I last saw you. I lost my hammer like yesterday, so that's still pretty fresh. And then I went on a journey of self-discovery. Where I met you. Where are we? You have no idea. Hello, the goddess of death has invaded Asgard. Oh, I've missed this. You and I had a fight recently. Did I win? No, I won. Easily. Doesn't sound right. Well, that's true. Asgard is dead. And it'll be reborn in my image. I thought you'd be glad to see me. I need to stop her here and now. To prevent Ragnarok. The end of everything. So I'm putting together a team. Like the old days. Surprise! This will be such fun. Hello. Hi. He's a fighter. a queen or a monster. I'm the goddess of death. What were you the god of again? We're the same, you and I. Just a couple of hot-headed fools. Yeah, same. 
Hulk liked fire. Hmm. Thor liked water. Well, kind of both like fire. But Hulk liked raging fire. Thor liked smoldering fire. <laughs> Okay, so the cast and crew, it starred Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Kate Blanchett, Idris Elba, Jeff Goldblum, and Tessa Thompson. It was directed by Taika Waititi. I think that's how you pronounce his name. That would approve. So, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Talia Waikiki? I don't know. <laughs> so when Odin passes on to Valhalla, Thor and Loki discover a terrible secret. Unknown to them, they have an older sister, Hela, who is so power-hungry and evil that Odin had imprisoned her for eternity. When Odin dies, however, she is released and immediately begins to subjugate Asgard. Thor and Loki are lost in the chaos and stranded on an alien world where powerful beings do battle in an arena overseen by the Grand Master. I like that concept. <laughs> I do too. It's <laughs> kind of what we do here. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> It's all coming together. <laughs> so teaming up with an equally lost Hulk and a drunken Valkyrie, Thor fights his way back to Asgard for one final desperate battle against Hela for his city and his people. Got a few trivia nuggets here. The first one is the friend from work line that Thor used in the movie was suggested by a child visiting the set from a Make-A-Wish Foundation. They liked it so much that they used it in the film. And according to Taika Waititi, the cast improvised about 80% of the dialogue. It's almost half. Yeah, it's a little more than half, I think. About 10% more than half. Look, it's not math film face-off. Uh, I'll have to check with Delvin on that. He's a math guy. And finally, Sir Anthony Hopkins had decided not to return to the role of Odin, but then he read the story and he changed his mind. Very cool. And now that we have the basics on today's contestants. Whoop, whoop. Ladies and gentlemen, test your might. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. It's a street fight. It's a street fight. I think it's time to get down and dirty and put these two contestants in there. 1991 with its flowing locks and its windblown surfer hair versus 2017's flowing locks and windsurfer blown hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into round one. Tiger uppercut. Round one is the story. How engaging and original is the story? We're doing this on a one to 10 scale. As a reminder to the audience, five means average. Five means it's good. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. So if we give it a five, that's not a terrible score. It means it's, yeah, it does its job. That's fine. As we go up from there, obviously it gets better. As it goes down from there, it gets worse. So let's just discuss it and then we'll score it. Let's start with Point Break's 1991 story. Thoughts, Jason? There's a lot to make fun of about this movie, and we will make fun of it. <laughs> Having said that, I thought the story was actually pretty good. You had a lot of elements in there. You had the obvious, the man versus man. You had Keanu Reeves versus Patrick Swayze, the hero and the villain. You had kind of a man versus nature with the surf and the skydiving and everything. So that was all in there. And then there was also an element of Johnny trying to find himself. 
you know, where he fits in the world. I mean, he's young, he's 25 years old. We'll get into it a little deeper, but basically Bodie shows him kind of like this new world that he's never seen before, and he finds himself caught up in it. So there's a lot of things happening here that I found interesting. I will say Utah's probably the worst FBI agent ever. I just want to <laughs> throw that out there. I mean, basically, if they'd done nothing, there would have been less loss of life and damage to, to property because the money's all insured. Just let them take the money. And by the end of the movie, I'm like, how does he still have his job? And, like, and why is he not in prison? There's a lot of questions I had between, you know, the the start of the movie and the end of the movie. And I'm just going to wrap it up by saying that uh, I'm pretty sure Bodie paddled to New Zealand in the end. <laughs> He said he wasn't gonna. What am I gonna do, Johnny? Paddle to New Zealand? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what that dude did. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I got. What do you think, Jared? Yeah, it's if you just step back and look at the story of Point Break, it's a fairly typical bank robbery undercover cop story. They sprinkled in some very 90s things of skydiving, extreme sports, and surfing. And you know, I appreciate that, but at its core, not terribly original. Don't look for a high story score from me on this one. Although it was entertaining. It's not going to get a bad score. But yeah, I, it was nothing I hadn't really seen before. It's just kind of with a different coat of paint on it, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, Mountain Dew really missed a good advertising. <laughs> they really, really did. Well, hop onto the Rainbow Bridge here, my friend, and let's go over to Asgard. And what do you think about the story of Thor 3 Electric Boogaloo? Wait, no, Thor Ragnarok, I think is what it was called. <laughs> I thought the story was terrific. I mean, I know it was relatively simple and comic booky, but it was relatively simple and comic booky in all the best ways. Exactly. Comic I have that exact phrase written down. <laughs> comic booky in all the best ways. <laughs> yeah. no. I have that exact phrase. <laughs> I, I was thinking we're seeing this somewhat eye to eye. It'll be interesting to see what our scores are. But mm -hmm. I will say, you know, the big three Avengers, your Captain America, your Iron Man, and your Thor. Thor is my least favorite of the three. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never read the comic religiously. You know, I have comics where he's popped up, obviously. And I'm like, oh, cool, Thor's in the story. Got nothing against him. He's cool and everything. But I always found uh, the godlike mystical elements eh, just not really my wheelhouse. I like the tech of Iron Man. I like the soldier in Captain America. So the fact that this movie rates so high in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and these Marvel Cinematic Universe movies are so good, you almost got to put them in a category by themselves. It tells you how much I like this movie. They had a great cast of characters. Not a weak character in there. Thor, Hulk, Cork, Loki, Meek. I mean, all just tons of fun. And the story moves from set to set and just a fun, fast pace that's just the right pace. You know, it's moving. It's hopping, but it's not moving too fast. It's not all flash. It's got a lot of heart along the way. Yeah, I think I said my piece. I really like this one. What do you think, Jared? We're in lockstep here. You said all the things that I also believe. Uh, I mentioned it earlier before we started the official recording. This movie, Thor Ragnarok, I think it raises through the ranks of my favorite Marvel films every time I watch it. I just yeah. like it more and more. You know, I saw Thor 1 and I was like, all right. I saw good. Thor. Then, yeah, I saw Thor 2 and I was like, oh, that's cool. That was I, good as Thor 1, but good. Yeah, I was like, that's fine. And I saw Thor 3 and I was like, what? 
what? <laughs> this is where they, was this a Thor one and two? <laughs> I think they adopted a lot of the tones of Guardians of the Galaxy. They brought in more of that humor, more of that flashiness, more fun. I mean, Goldblum is ridiculously awesome in this movie. I'll do a shameless plug for our Crusader Chronicles. Pat made a comment on the last Crusader Chronicles. We were talking about how he missed those vibrant 70s, 80s colors on the comic. And I felt the same way about the movie. It was almost like reading a classic comic book. There mm-hmm. were just bright colors. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the battle planet that had all the trash and everything. Everything was blues and oranges and yellows. It was just really cool visually. Yeah, I remember once reading about one of the comic book movies that we don't like to discuss on the show, Batman and Robin. Joel Schumacher said he wanted to make it feel like a comic come to life with its bright colors and eccentricities. And that's a great idea if you're doing Thor. If you're doing the Dark Knight, you zigged when you should have zagged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a difference between being colorful and being neon. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we're not here to bag on Batman and Robin, and I'm just using that to illustrate your point. That this, number this... will come up eventually. <laughs> <laughs> One up. day on Action Film Face Off, we'll do an episode called Bad Action Films Face Off. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just like watch two turns to get out. Yeah, about face off, you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the point is made. You hit the nail on the head. It moves briskly, might be spread a little too thin for me. We'll discuss that. That'll play into my score. It might be okay. spread just a little too thin because I'm the kind of guy that really loved the comic series Planet Hulk. And they're like, oh, here's a half a teaspoon of Planet Hulk. And I'm like, it's its own movie. Did they use it to super wonderful effect? Yes, they did. But part of me was like, "Eh, it deserves its own movie. You know, I thought that too, to some degree, but then I thought like, they can go back and do Planet Hulk. They they, (laughs) they could give us a backstory on that. You're you're not wrong. But anyway, it's going to get a good score for me. And speaking of scores, let's go ahead and do it. All righty. So here we are in the story. One through 10, point break, 1991, scale of one to 10. Jason says? Six, extra point for Patrick Swayze, rest in peace. So seven or six? No, six. Okay. I would have given it a five, but I'm giving it a plus one for Patrick Swayze. You know, we have a, a whole category called villain, just so you know. <laughs> I, I do know this, and I will score that as well, but every one of these gets a plus one for oh, Patrick Swayze. Every, every one. Okay. Every category gets I like a plus one. Hey, Patrick. are you ready to be shocked and surprised that I gave it a six? Oh, all right. You like uh-huh. Patrick Swayze too, apparently. I, I do. I have a feeling you're going to be a little more generous on the Thor 3, although I've got a good score for it. What do you have? I gave it a nine. It was near perfect. I agreed with you to a point. Again, I felt it was spread a little thin, maybe too much going on for my pea brain. We discussed that on a recent episode of Chronicles as well. I gave it also an eight. with interstellar travel. Yes. Also yes. with interstellar <laughs> travel. Yeah. I gave it an eight. So I'm right there with oh, you. I right think it's a with, yeah. really good, really good story. Like you said, there's nothing super original about it, but we talk about putting a fresh coat of paint on an old story for Point Break. They put a really bright, fresh coat of paint on the uh, Thor stuff, and there was some good originality in there, too. No, I agree. I think you've been more of a regular reader of the Hulk than I have, so I was like, okay, they're going to take a little bit of this and sprinkle it in there. I'm okay with that. If it had been, you know, they battle on Shi'ar, and there's like a brief thing with the X-Men, and they leave them behind, I'd have been like, wait, what? Like, come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Slow down, slow down. That'll do it for round one. Let's go ahead and get into round two. If you're up to me, I'd just kill you. Now we're going to talk about the hero. How cool is the hero? Johnny Utah. (laughs) Just as a reminder, they almost called the movie Johnny Utah. 
<laughs> yeah, I might have been a bad call right points, there. Lost points on that alone. <laughs> yeah. What did you think about the hero Johnny Utah in Point Break, Jared? That was tough for me because... Me too. I look at Johnny Utah and I look at Keanu's performance of Johnny Utah in 1991 and I am underwhelmed. I'm not impressed. (laughs) I'm not impressed. And as I'm watching it, though, especially when we get to some of the action scenes, I'm getting flickers of John Wick. So I know how good he can be. Yes, yes. And I'm like, man, he's come so far, especially in his action genre. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I found him pretty vanilla, which will reflect in my score. But oftentimes when we talk about hero, we'll look at ensemble, you know, who else makes up the heroic cast. And I got to give a shout out to Gary Busey. He's outstanding in this film. You take Gary Busey out of this movie and I just flat out don't like it. He added a lot of Buseyness and just another level to the movie that I really enjoyed. So it's going to help out there. What do you say? Agree 110% with Gary Busey. Recognize he was probably high through the whole thing, but whatever, his performance was spot on. (laughs) You know, he showed up to the set on time, I guess. That's good. (laughs) I I agree with you 110% about Keanu Reeves. I know his acting was bad. It was just bad. He's not the greatest actor in the world to begin with, but it's bad in this movie. I still can't help but love him a little bit anyway. I don't know Mm -hmm. what it is. No, you're right. (laughs) It's um, You know, I get the feeling that it's... I know it's going to be a weird comparison, but it's almost like John Wayne. You know how they say, like, John Wayne doesn't act. He just is John Wayne. I I don't think Keanu Reeves acts. I think that's just Keanu Reeves, you know? I mean, he does a great job. So, you know, acting not so good, but charisma, right there. I thought he looked pretty dope as a young FBI agent. He was physically in shape, looked great. Mm-hmm. Physical acting was excellent. Believable as a collegiate football player. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to throw an extra trivia nugget in while I'm thinking about this. He was ready for that role because before he really got hard into acting, he actually had a fairly promising hockey career that got ended with a busted knee. So he got to bring that into the, into the role of the football player with the busted knee. I didn't know that. I didn't know he actually had busted his knee. Mm-hmm. True story. The only other thing that you were talking a little bit about him becoming John Wick. Like, if you compare his acting as John Wick to this movie that we watched in Point Break, he looks like Daniel Day freaking Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Oldman as John yeah, Wick. I mean, yeah, his acting was just bad. <laughs> I wonder if I have an audio clip I could play right now. I am an FBI agent. And I know Keanu Reeves is listening, man. I love you, man. I adore you. As soon as the John Wick or Matrix film shows up on the show, you're going to get a glowing, glowing rating, my friend. It's on the calendar, (laughs) John Wick 3, man. I'm going to be there. I will be there, too. All right. Well, enough about that. Let's talk about Thor Ragnarok and the hero of Thor in Thor Ragnarok. What did you think there, Jared? Well, Thor is a timeless character. Well, not timeless. He came out like 1960-something. <laughs> but Thor, the god of thunder, is almost timeless. But the one from Marvel Comics has been around a long, long time. And you said something earlier that I agree with. I've read probably more Thor than you. I subscribed to it for a few years. And I like Thor, but it was never a front-burner comic for me. And I feel like Chris Hemsworth did with Thor, to some extent, the same thing that Robert Downey Jr. did with Iron Man. I think he took him from B-team to A-team on the screen, especially in this movie. I mean, we all give Robert Downey Jr. the props for making Iron Man cooler in the film than he is in the comic. That's hard to do. Wesley Snipes did it with Blade. Robert Downey Jr. did it with Iron Man. The whole cast of Guardians of the Galaxy 
he did it with Guardians of the Galaxy. And we don't talk about Chris Hemsworth bringing Thor up a level enough. So look for a good score from me. He's awesome, and I love it. Well, thank you, thank you. I think those are well-said words, and I agree. I think Hemsworth plays the character just with... He's obviously having fun with it, and mm-hmm. I love that. I love when I can feel that coming off the screen. You've got that sense of humor mixed with heroic deeds. I think one of the things that put me off a little bit about Thor and those type of comics is you got these heroes that are gods, basically. So it puts them like up on a whole other plane than everybody else. But in this movie in particular, you have very human challenges. You know, losing his father, having to fight a battle he is woefully unprepared for just about losing everything and still managing to keep that sense of humor fun making a fool of himself a couple times but still being the coolest cat on the screen i just really like that and just like you had some love for gary Busey and point break i had some love for idris elba in this movie as heimdall i thought that was a lot of fun seeing him actually doing some action and fighting there on the rainbow bridge and leading the people to safety and staying one step ahead of uh, hella and scourge in the movie i thought that it was great that he got a little bit of a media role in this movie so those are my thoughts and i guess we better score it all right johnny utah how many points we give in utah johnny utah gets a six from jared he also got a six from jason so we are lockstep on this one mm-hmm. all right let's talk about thor the hero what are you giving him i'm giving thor a nine. Ooh, that's a little more than i gave him i gave him an eight Okay, that's understandable. He's not Cap. He's not Iron Man. He's Thor. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I was like. <laughs> to me, it's Cap's a ten. Thor's not. Thor's eight. All right. Well, we are still close, man. Very still close. So I guess that'll wrap this up, and let's talk about. I think you got the villain next. I certainly do. I'm just a huge fan of this course. Here in round three, we're going to talk about the villain. How menacing or entertaining is the villain? Let's go to the beaches. <laughs> Surf's <laughs> up, dude. Surf's up, bro. Or brah. They like to say brah. Uh, so brah, what do you think about Bodhi, brah? <laughs> I think Patrick Swayze was outstanding as Bodhi. If there was anybody that was even better than Gary Busey in this movie, it was Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. I think he had a great blend of physical and psychological menace on the screen. Like all great villains, there's just this part of you that likes him. You want to be his buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, It's like, this is the coolest guy. He throws the coolest parties. He seems to have all his stuff together, has the world figured out. But at the end of the day, yeah, he's a bank robber. <laughs> so <laughs> he's got, you know, he's got a few things ironed out. But I just thought, you know, just the psychological and physical threat on the screen were both there. I think the villain, in my mind, is probably the strongest part of this movie. What do you think, Jared? I 100% agree with you on that. I think the reason this movie is so memorable in pop culture, in the zeitgeist, if you will, is because of Patrick Swayze. Nothing wrong with a lot of the other performances are fine. You know, we love Keanu, but I think he is the most memorable part of this movie. And I want to give an honorable mention for there being a villain in this movie who's named Warchild. That's it. Warchild is a cool name. <laughs> Warchild. Back off, Warchild. Seriously. <laughs> Oh, rest in peace. Yes. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I like him almost as much as Hans Gruber in Die Hard. Yeah, because you kind of root for him a little bit. 
Yeah, he's you, just You know cool. you're not supposed to, but you're like, eh, if he got away with it, I'd be all right. Yeah, man. You know, I, if he put an ad out on Craigslist, I might, you know. I'd join up. <laughs> this looks like fun. They're beach parties, you know, lots of tequila. <laughs> he doesn't care, you know. He's got a girl. He'll give you the girl. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yep, he's definitely unique. We've got some interesting villains going on over in Thor 3. Why don't you talk to me a little bit about that? Lots of villains in Thor 3. And I was a little confused. I was like, do I put Loki here as a hero? Or a villain? That's or what makes him so great. That's what or makes villain? Him great. I'm scratching my head. So in the end, I kind of, okay, I did put Loki in as the villain because he's villain. Let's just face it. So basically, I'm looking at three villains here. Kate Blanchett is hella. She was cool. Not really too much depth to the character. She yeah, played yeah. it well. It was fun, but she's just evil for evil's sake. There wasn't much else there. I thought Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster, that he was a riot. That <laughs> <laughs> that was funny as hell. It's my man. birthday. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that word. Slave. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. The prisoners who work for free. You know? <laughs> it's hilarious. And then there was Tom Hiddleston as Loki. And I'm just going to say he's probably one of the greatest villains of all time. Just the way he plays Loki is spot mm-hmm. on perfect. Mm-hmm. Total opportunist. Funny. Dangerous. You watch it in this movie. You don't know what he's going to do. What's coming next? And that just makes it great. I'm going to throw in a minor villain, but I can't remember her name, but she was like Grandmaster's right-hand woman. She was so uh, stern. Yeah, that's... She's like, she's like, hey, don't, why are you handing the melting stick? <laughs> I'm not on my shoes. <laughs> I'm stepping in. He's something like, the guy just lipped off to me, okay? That's not a, that's not a melting stick offense. <laughs> she went right to the melting stick. <laughs> So anyway, she kind of cracked me up with her no-nonsense to his his good balance with his very kind of fun thing he had going on. But yeah, I agree with you. Our menagerie of villains are great. Even the completely CGI'd fire god from the beginning was good and showing back up at the end. It was all good. So I want to take a moment, though, to give a shout out to um, Dr. McCoy and Judge Dredd. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah carl urban thank you carl urban i'm gonna give a shout out to carl urban that guy can play anything he man. can do anything i really liked the subtlety of his performance about how you could tell he knew he wasn't on the right side of things but he kind of had to pick his moments and became a hero in the end and i think that might have been as a detriment to we both agreed that hella's character was a little flat uh-huh. and i think it's a lot of times she's paired with him and he's got a more interesting story arc going on than she does because he's so conflicted just more interesting overall yeah he definitely goes from point a to point z i mean he is obviously just straight up opportunistic villain and then he starts struggling with it then by the end of it he's trying to smuggle his way with the refugees onto the ship and just try to get away Mm -hmm. and then he's watching all these other people fighting against overwhelming odds and it just the warrior in him just comes out. And it's cool to see. It's a fun journey. It is. It is. For such a minor character, he had a big impact on the storyline. Absolutely. So just so much good going on in the villains. I guess we should probably score them. Listen, brah, what you got going on, Bodhi? <laughs> Bodhi gets a nine from me. Oh, okay. A little more generous than I was. I gave him an eight, though. Well, plus one for... That's a <laughs> 
Fair enough. And the menagerie of villains of Thor Ragnarok. Oh, man. I gave the villain an eight as well. I think Kate Blanchett was a little flat. Nothing about her acting, just not much story for her there. I gave it a nine. I think I just bumped it up because I liked the additional villains, you know, Loki and Grandmaster and, and Scourge slash Executioner. I just think nine. I gave it a nine, but we're, we're very, I, very I can't argue with it. I think the Loki factor alone really bumped it up. <laughs> that yeah. guy, that guy needs his own movie at some point. <laughs> he sure does, no doubt. Well, that is it for round three. Let's move into round four. I was taking shrapnel and caisson while you were crapping in your hands and rubbing it on your face. All right, round three's in the books. Let's talk about round four, the overall spectacle. How visually engaging is the film overall? We're talking stunts, we're talking effects, cinematography, all that good stuff. All right, Jared, point break. If you put me in a time machine and take me back to 1991, I could see where this has some interesting visuals with your surfing and your skydiving. You know, unfortunately, I'm watching it for the first time and I've seen X Games and Jackie Chan movies. So it's a little bit harder to absorb me into the spectacle of Point Break, but I could still respect its place in cinema history. I think that's the best way I could sum that up. What do you think? Yeah, I dig what you're saying. This was definitely an MTV era film. You had a lot of little vignettes that could have been music videos mm-hmm. uh, yep. that's mixed in there. It's basically a bunch of surfing montages or skydiving montages that's set to music. And it's okay, but it's very 90s. It's very dated. One thing that really bothered me, talking about sound a little bit, is like I don't like how they make all of the firearms sound the same. If you listen to it, they all have the same sound effect, whether it's a shotgun or a pistol. You know, it's like, that's the only sound effect you have. I, there's just... <laughs> I like a little more realism in my firearms, I guess. Yep, well, we appreciate that at Action Film Face, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a little nitpicky, but it was very much 90s audio. I thought the fight scenes were well choreographed. I like that. It wasn't overdone. It was fairly realistic. So I thought those were pretty good. The chase scene was really thrilling. The car chase that leads into the foot chase with Keanu Reeves versus Ronald Reagan there. I agree. That was super cool. I really like the part where uh, Bodie uses the pit bull. Yes! <laughs> so- I was like, wait a minute, did he just throw a dog at that guy? <laughs> Just threw a dog. Just threw not just a dog, a pit bull, man. <laughs> this dude. That was fun. And I thought the skydiving scenes were actually pretty fun. I thought they held up well, even for being in the 90s. What did you think about the spectacle of Thor? And I have a feeling this is going to be like if, uh, Point Break is the karate dude that bows to Roger Moore and Man with a Cold <laughs> Gun. <laughs> Thor is Roger Moore kicking this dude right in the face. <laughs> Yeah, Thor is all spectacle that still finds a way to have heart and engage you in a story arc. It's it's amazingly engaging. You don't want to pick up your phone. You don't want to check your texts or your tweets or anything like that. You just want to watch the film. So that's about the highest praise I can give it. It's excellent. If I'm going to nitpick anything, it's, again, in that Marvel mold where I'm obviously watching a lot of CGI fights, but it does it better than most. Yeah, this is one of the ones where you get away with more CGI, I think. Because you know you have to when you're fighting these God-level fights. You have to. Yeah, I think, like you were saying, the measure of if you're engaged into a movie is if you pick up the phone or not. Mm -hmm. For me, as our listeners probably know, I have a few cats, so I'm usually on call for something. And so if I have to get up and take care of a cat, let a cat in or the cat out, the measurement for me is, will I pause the movie because I don't want to miss anything, uh, right? Right, right? And uh, Or if I'm not really into it, I'd be like, ah, just, you know, go and do what I got to do and come back. 
I've watched this movie like three times already, and I still pause it. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't want to miss this. Oh, I know what scene's coming up, and I don't want to miss it. Mm-hmm. So yep, that yep, tells yep. you how good the spectacle is. I mean, they're just ridiculously cool effects. You got monsters, demons, robots, aliens, spaceships, laser guns. It's just all fantastic. Great worlds and just epic battles. Enough said. So I guess it's time to score. Point break. Spectacle. What do you think? Giving this movie another six. I bumped it up. Swayze bump to a seven. <laughs> Got that Swayze bump. Swayze is getting a Swayze bump, man. <laughs> Got mad respect for him. Okay. How about spectacle for Thor? Perfect 10. Flawless victory. I gave it a nine for no other reason that there's more spectacle in like Infinity Wars. <laughs> if Infinity Wars a 10, then this one would be a nine for me. <laughs> not really exact science but hey that's the way my head was going all right so we got them in the books and i guess that'll bring us to an end for round four and i will pass the baton to you for round five some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill as you know round five is best action scene and if you're gonna be on action film face off you better have a darn good action scene so we gotta find out what jason's favorite scene was or what my favorite scene was for both these films so jason Point break. I think we're going to have the same one. I'm not sure. Oh. I'll, th- I'll throw it out there. So I picked the raid on Warchild's surfer ah, house. Oh, I was in contention, but we did not pick the same one. But I okay. I hear you. It was had a very tense lead in, so it grabs you emotionally before the action kicks off. And there's a good shootout, and then there's some close quarters combat. And I got to say, mad points to the naked girl in the yes. shower. She was whooping ass, She was man. whooping wholesale ass. She beat all. <laughs> Johnny Utah. <laughs> he was like, I mean, he was like whimpering. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's got no clothes on and she's just laying out fools like kitchen tile, man. I know. Flash I Gordon. Been, I would have been so conflicted. I was like, on one hand, it's a hot naked woman. On the other hand, she just needed me in the nuts. <laughs> But she touched you in the nuts. So. I know. So you're like, I don't I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah. And while you're thinking about it, she's karate chopping you in the throat. It's just, <laughs> it's a it chaos. is a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, I made that same note. I'm like, naked chick is getting it done. <laughs> I know. I mean, those other guys could have just taken a nap and let her handle it, I think. <laughs> I think so. I think one dude shot himself in the foot while naked chick was getting it done. <laughs> I know, yeah, he took himself out, blew his toes off. It was just, oh, well, it was a mess. <laughs> oh, well, we did not pick the same scene. I went with the foot chase. I thought the foot chase was really well filmed, really well edited, and by God, a man threw a dog at another man. <laughs> don't see that often. You don't see that very often, but tightly edited, fun to watch. Good job on the foot chase. Yeah, I was right up there in contention, but at the end of the day, Naked woman laid out his yeah, laying out dudes left and right. <laughs> just you know, she swayed me. Thor, that's right. We went from the naked lady laying out FBI agents. We got to go to Thor, and there's a lot of really good action scenes to pick from. So I'm interested to see which one you picked. What you got? Ooh, it has to be the battle on the rainbow bridge. Battle thought- on the rainbow bridge is unanimous. <laughs> oh, man. When Thor, he piles into those demons and he's just charged with lightning and fighting with his fists and lightning bolts, just blasting them all the way to the tune of the immigrant song. Oh, that was just, that's perfection right there. And then you had, you know, the Hulk fighting the big dog, whatever that big dog's name was. And then I really like Korg and Meek to just join into the fray. And even when Executioner gets in, 
hand on the business with his M16. <laughs> oh man, and then you, yeah, it's just so much, so much to like in that scene. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna even try to pull a swerve at the last minute. That was my scene as well because everybody's doing awesome stuff. I mean, the bad guy's not an easy win. She's kicking butt too. It's just like, oh my gosh, so much going on. Only regret is they used the same song earlier in the movie. I wish they would have just kind of saved it for that moment, but. That, True. Yeah, yeah, that is the smallest of picadillos. That's an outstanding scene. And honorable mention, you got Hulk Thor battle in the arena. Even the uh, what's the words I'm looking for? The when they're flying when the yeah, when they're flying in the, when they're flying in the ships chasing each other on the, as they're trying yeah, to escape the, the planet. Chasing. That was cool yeah. too. It's my birthday. <laughs> Oh, well. oh, yeah, man, that was awesome. I think, gosh, dang, it's just there was so much that was uh, the very beginning when he's in mm-hmm. the underworld fighting off those demons and mm-hmm. dragons. And, oh, man. He's all like, I'm doll, and, and it's scourged, and he's like trying to impress a bunch of women, not paying attention. <laughs> so much good. But, yeah, that bridge scene is amazing. It's really, really, really good. So let's score it. Uh, I liked the foot chase. You liked the raid on Warchild's pad. What'd you score it? I gave that one a six. I also gave it a six for my foot chase scene. Meanwhile, on Asgard, or maybe Battle Planet. No, we were on Asgard. We both liked the rainbow scene. Did you give it a nine or a ten? I gave it a nine. I also gave it a nine. <laughs> Just because, again, using my Marvel Cinematic Universe scale, you know, we got to lean it up against, you know, Infinity War. And, uh, you know, that's just hard to beat. I have learned on this episode that you liked Infinity War better than I did. I thought visually the scenes were way better. I think, you know, story-wise, there were some better ones, but... Well, you and I have always had a departure when it comes to comic books. I always like solo titles better than team titles, and you always like team titles better. So I think that's That is true. That's a factor. Well, really good action in Thor, and solid stuff in Point Break in 1991. I mean, if you're keeping up with the scores at home, you know Point Break doesn't really have a chance, but that doesn't mean it's a bad film. I don't regret watching it, but we'll talk about things we don't like about it in the next round, which is round six. Got my ass kicked. Round six is the deduction round. This is the reduction for the ridiculous, the crap that should not be. Jared, <laughs> let's talk about deductions for point break. <laughs> you, you taking anything off? I am. Going to be as naked as that girl in the shower. <laughs> so I'm going to strip this down like the girl in the shower. Strip. You know, it's, this has nothing have anything to do with this round. But speaking of girls in the film, uh-huh. I want to give a shout out to Lori Petty. What a bold choice. You could have the surfer scene. You could have any one of these Barbie doll, California girl stuff. And they chose a much more down to earth girl next door look. And it played very well. She was very attractive in an unconventional Hollywood kind of way. In a believable oh, way. Yeah. So, so shout out yeah. to Lori Petty. That has yeah. nothing to do with the deduction rounds. Just shout out to you, Lori. Yeah, I agree. I was wondering whatever happened to her. I don't. Yeah. I, ah, I thought the same thing. I was like, she's pretty good in this. Yeah. I liked her in A League of Their Own, too. I always thought she That's was really good. That's right. At- That's where I'd seen her before. Good job. Well, let's get into the deductions. All right. Let's just clear the decks on this one. Minus one for I am an FBI agent. <laughs> You may as well put minus two because I have the exact same thing. (laughs) All right. I've got another minus one. Make up call, Bodie. (laughs) 
Let's be honest, we can do a lot of minuses for various Keanu scenes as early in his career. But that line, I was just like, I mean, I'd heard it before. Even though I hadn't seen the movie, it was kind of infamous for his bad line. And then when I finally see it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's bad. And I've got one more to take away because at the very end of the film, all right, I'm like, okay, it's already stupid enough. He's like, come on, brah, let me go out and surf my wave, brah. I know I killed a cop and a bunch of other dudes, brah. <laughs> I'll never make it in a cage, Johnny. Well, you better freaking figure out how you're going to make it in a cage <laughs> yeah, in a hurry. If I was Johnny, I'd be like, you kidnapped my girlfriend. You killed my partner. You got all those other dudes. Get your ass in the police car. Yeah, we're not talking about this. That's <laughs> not a discussion. I let that slide because I was like, okay, I get it. You know, Bodie's kind of his spirit got into Keanu a little bit uh-huh. so he could feel the vibe, brah. Yeah, let you that tell go. by that beard he was sporting there at the end. Yeah, I let it go. I said, I'm okay with that. And then so he goes out and he does his surf thing. And then Keanu starts walking away. He's like, he is not coming back. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, if he does that stupid cliche thing where he pulls out his badge and throws it away, because this is such a life changing thing. I'm, yep, he did it. He did it. Minus yep. one. Yeah, he went all dirty hairy on I was like, there. oh, come on. We've seen it before and under much more better acting circumstances yeah <laughs> and i was just like no this is a, this is a trope that they should have left out they should have made the arc not so much I, i'm i'm not working for the man anymore but like validation like i came through this i did what i came here to do because at one point in the movie i felt like there was this vibe where Bodhi was saying something like there's no shame in dying doing what you love and i thought oh that's interesting because you know he's talking about surfing but maybe john utah you know loves being in the fbi and loves his job so he's not afraid to die doing it. And then when he jumps out of the plane, no parachute. I'm like, yeah, okay. So it is an, an allegory for both of their stories. And then at the end, they kind of throw that away literally. When he throws away the badge. Yeah, you're like, what are you going to do in your life? <laughs> yeah, what, are you going to be a pro surfer? <laughs> he, him and Warchild going to be hanging out with the naked lady next I guess, him. yeah. Anyway, those are my only two deductions. I probably could have nitpicked more. But again, I traveled back. I tried to put my mind in 1991. And for that time frame, again, it's a good movie. I get why it's iconic and part of collective consciousness. Yeah, no doubt. I also took out the point for the I am an FBI agent debacle. <laughs> I also took one point off because it really bothers me in these type of movies when there's just this cavalier use of firearms by supposed professionals like the FBI and the bank robbing scene where he starts the chase with Bodie, he just comes out blasting down this street like <laughs> people out there and this is so stupid it just it's so unrealistic and reckless I just hate it when they do that stuff yeah so I had to take a, a point off from there because again your job's to de-escalate things, not make them worse. And that's basically what he does throughout the whole movie. So maybe it's a good idea they throw that badge away there at the end. <laughs> I'm starting to rethink that. But at any rate, so I'm going to take a point off for that spraying brass in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that it? That's it. Yeah, right. minus two for me. And then Thor. Can I go Deductions? Back? Can I go back real quick? Sure. You staked out the bank all day long. Uh-huh. And you're going to get hung up by delicious meatball sandwiches. I mean, if it's that good, I guess I could understand. <laughs> but you stake the bank out all day long, and you're like, I need two meatball sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... <laughs> like, what? And if you're going to send them to get meatball sandwiches, could you... Your lazy ass... <laughs> 
watch just, the just bank. Just watch the bank. That's the whole point in sending your partner to get your meatball sandwiches. This veteran FBI agent was doing everything but watch the bank. He was reading <laughs> comics, doing a crossword puzzle, <laughs> drinking coffee. Hey, 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 back up off a guy who reads comics. Okay. I guess that's true, but I've never done it while staking out a bank. Now, I've been on guard duty. Like, I've been on the perimeter, right, in, in a combat zone, and I haven't been sitting there reading my comics. That's true. Reading the meatball sub. <laughs> but have my night vision goggles like, God, I don't really try to kill me today. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little too terrified to eat at that point. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, read the I, comics when I get back. And in. while we are completely diverged, did you catch a load of that? Two meatball subs, two bags of chips, two lemonades. You know how much that cost him? Well, was it like seven fifty? Yeah, it was like seven dollars fifty cents. I was like, God dang, I miss you, nineteen ninety one. Can't even get a six inch for seven fifty. <laughs> dang, nineteen ninety one. Where did you go? Seven fifty for two meatball sandwiches, two bags of chips, two lemonades, and they were in California. <laughs> I know. You know, there's some tax in there. Rolled in. Man, I should have been eating sandwiches here in Alabama, ninety one, but seventy five cents. Like here, we'll pay you a quarter. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hey, thanks, y'all. Wow, that was... I diverged. I think you were going to ask me about deductions for Thor. Yeah. Do you have the godlike stones to take any points off of Thor Ragnarok? I do. Okay. I do have the godlike stones to remove one point from Thor Ragnarok. My biggest picadillo with this film, and it might be my largest complaint about what has transpired in the Marvel Cinematic Universe thus far. Brace yourself. I'm braced. Hit Are you braced? Okay, he's braced. I like Thor comics. I subscribed to him for many years. One of the reasons I like Thor comics, Thor's not super interesting, but you know who is? The Warriors 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good and point. the way they completely punked out the Warriors 3 in this film makes me sick to my stomach. These are central characters to the Thor universe, his best friends, his war buddies. And with the exception of, I believe it was Hogan, they all went out like absolute cannon fodder chumps. Like, why are they even in the movie? Sif is MIA in the film. And I'm just like, seriously? We're going to kill the Warriors 3 like this? Like, without any ceremony? Without any tears from Thor? Like, it's an afterthought? Nah, man. Nah. Minus one. You better be glad I'm in a good mood. I could have minused a lot more, but that sticks in my craw. Maybe minus three. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I did not take any points off for Thor Ragnarok film, but hearing your passionate plea, I'm going to jump on board. You're absolutely right. Punk out the Warriors 3. You're going to get a minus one from minus me. Minus one. All right. Join me in my hatred. <laughs> Hate, 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 hate. All right, it was a fantastic movie overall, but come on, man. I mean, you had, like, Ray Stevenson. He's a great actor. He's in it for, like, four seconds. I don't even know if that was him. It was him. I'm like, really? You brought him in to just get killed immediately? I'm thinking there's still some Infinity Stones floating around out there. This might all be undone. We may not have anything to worry about. Man, I don't know, man. I mean, we don't even get a scene. That's what bugs me most. We don't even get a scene of Thor, like... Oh, man, y'all, you effed up now. You killed my boys, you know? But, heck, we didn't even get that when that dude killed his mom. So, you know, <laughs> Thor just takes it all in stride, I guess. He does, man. He just, like, takes a lick and it keeps on ticking. I mean, yeah, in Thor 2, they kill his mom. And he's like, oh, it sucks. And Loki's like, no, man. No, we got to lay these fools out. They killed our mother. And I'm like, why is Loki more into this than you are? Th anyways. <laughs> I get, now, I we're, now we're great in Thor 2. Now so. I'm moving in a whole other movie. <laughs> anyway, Thor 3 is fantastic. But yeah, that's my one. I think we just got to score it, right? Yeah. That's going to be the end of the official rounds. 
Now, don't worry if you have not been keeping up with the math at home, folks. We do that for you here on Action Film Faceoff. And looking at the judges' scorecards, the winner of this episode of Action Film Faceoff, with a score of 84 to 62, and no one's surprise, is Thor Ragnarok. All right, congratulations to Thor Ragnarok. Now let's head over to the randomizer and find out what the years are going to be for our next episode. My brother Jared will be pulling a film from... Choose Your Destiny. And I will bring a film from... Choose Your Destiny. 2001. Woo! I finally got the more modern film. For every episode, mine's been the older one. For every episode. So what will those films be? We'll tease them on social media for those of you who want to watch before listening. And we're talking to you, Dave. Crazy old man, get to watching these films. Or you can tune in next episode to find out. Until then, I'm Jason Weasel Skull Ulbrich, and you can find me on social media at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrecht on Facebook or Instagram. And you can find me, Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, aka Death Probe, at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Be sure to check out all the shows under the Longbox Crusade umbrella by subscribing to Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, or pretty much all your finer podcatchers. You can check us out directly at www.longboxcrusade.com. If you'd like to send us a question or comment, you can do that by hitting us up on social media at Longbox Crusade, which is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Give us a shout out. Let us know who you think would win in the battle. Maybe you got some recommendations for when we hit certain years. We're all ears, people. And speaking of being all ears, if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can sign up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thanks for tuning in, taking my initial journey into Point Break with me. We appreciate you listening. And until next episode, keep your head down and your knuckles up. From the finest pedigree, find a legacy. I own my opponents, never see me. Gather up components, a gladiator. I'm rolling the mad ass sailor. My homie, they know it from my poems. I'm like, no, like December when I get with your November. I'm a rapper solo in the club with no members. Oh no, I stay with that Iron Man. I got a vision like a vengeance. The intro and outro theme to this show and all of our action film face off shows are done by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J O S E F L I N 9 nine you will not regret it and coming to a consensus or a consensus whichever word sounds better and i'll try that again what'd you give it um on a scale of one to ten if it was a mountain dew commercial oh i guess yeah let's talk about it before we score it i know i was making a joke there okay (laughs) she swayed me a little too jason with my we're, now we're in the editing. Again. I'll take <laughs> <laughs> on point. It was gonna break. <laughs> oh man, it's just like one long bleep and then us laughing. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, okay.
What were we talking about?